Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me and I'm looking forward to sharing this message with you. Uh, obviously there's been much in the news recently about Russia and uh, Putin's attack on Ukraine and of course that is a terrible, terrible thing and we need to keep uh, Ukraine and the people of Ukraine, you know, in our prayers. But as a result, many have been looking to the Bible and rightly so to see if or how the events that are going on over in the Ukraine, uh, how that uh, may or may not fit into uh, end time Bible prophecy. And so today that's what I'd like to talk to you about. And so uh, if you would turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 38 and, and chapter 39, we're going to be looking at those two chapters today. About 2,500 years, uh, the Lord gave Ezekiel a prophecy and it's listed in Ezekiel 38 and 39, and it's it, it has to do with a war that's still a layout in front of us. And uh, if and, and he gave this prophecy some some 2,500 years ago, as I said, and and uh, and it's about a war that's yet to come. And I want to I want to just go over that with you today, and and say some things about uh, about you know what's going on there in Russia and the Ukraine. And we'll see if, if, uh, if that fits into end time prophecy and, and if so, how. So let's take a look here. Ezekiel 38, chapter one. Now the word of the Lord came to me. Now Ezekiel is writing this. The Holy Spirit gave this to him. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, son of man, set your face against Gog. So we're going to talk about and see who Gog is of the land of Magog. We'll talk about that. The prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. So, first of all, who is Gog? Who is Gog? Well, you need to realize that, that Gog is a human being, and Gog is also a demonic principality. And uh, it says right here, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh. So this, this human being is, is, is a prince. Uh, and, and by prince, it simply means leader. And so this Gog is a leader of the land of Magog and of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. We'll talk about who, who, you know, who the Holy Spirit is making reference to here. But, but you need to know that Gog is a human being. And, uh, and, and so when, when the Bible says Gog, it's making reference to a human being who is the chief prince of the land of, uh, of, of Magog, of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And Gog also makes reference to a demonic principality. And the reason I say that is this, this war that we're going to talk about today. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell you uh, about when I think it's going to occur, but some, some thousand years after this, this battle that we're going to talk about here in Ezekiel 38, 39, uh, we see Gog and Magog mentioned again, some 1000 years later. Now, we, we know and we understand that a human being doesn't live that length of time. So, so the, uh, only explanation to that could be that Gog is also, uh, a principality, a demonic principality. And, uh, and, and this demonic principality, 
known as Gog, sets its dominion or has set its dominion up over this human being known as, as Gog that we've mentioned. Now, to give you a little scriptural backing on that, in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, turn over there into the New Testament for a moment. Hold your place in Ezekiel 38. But in, in Ephesians chapter six, it says here that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's talking about other human beings. But what do we wrestle against here as Christians, you know? We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So we need to realize that there are demonic powers. The devil is very real. Fallen angels are very real. Demons are very real. And the, and the Bible actually give, actually gives classes of, uh, of, 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 uh, demonic powers and whatnot. And, and notice it says right here that we wrestle against, uh, not flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so when we see this Gog mentioned in Ezekiel 38, as, as I've said before, I want to say again, it's a, it's making reference to a human being, but it's also making reference to a demonic principality. And, and having said that, just to give you a little more backing on that principalities do actually exist, uh, if you went to Daniel, the 10th chapter, and, and you don't have to turn there now, but I'd recommend that you go there and read this sometime. Uh, it's interesting, Daniel uh, prayed a prayer to God, and God sent an angel uh, to Daniel. And a uh, long story short, when the angel is conversing with Daniel, he says to Daniel, he says, he said that, you know, when you prayed, uh, I was sent, you know, from the presence of God immediately. But he said, he said the, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. And now yeah, you think about that. Uh, Daniel prayed a prayer. God sent the answer, uh, sent an angel to Daniel. But the angel himself told Daniel that the, that, that the prince of the, or we could say the principality of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And then he says, Michael, who we know to be a, a holy angel, uh, he's over the war department of heaven, the heaven, you know, have, 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 the heavenly angels, you know, the holy angels. Michael is, uh, is the head of the, the, uh, the war department of heaven, if you will. And, and then he goes on to tell Daniel that Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. So what I'm trying to get across to you is there are principalities, there's powers, there's rulers of the darkness, there's spiritual wickedness. Uh, we see, we see that in Daniel, the 10th chapter is one, one of those, uh, the, the principality that's, that, that, of uh, Persia, uh, withstood the angel that God sent to Daniel. And then also what you need to realize is that, and most people don't realize this, but different parts of the world and different, right here in the United States, different regions of the United States, they're really, they're really, there's really, uh, different, uh, demonic powers that, that set themselves up not only in different parts of the world, but in different parts of the United States. I'm convinced of it. And, and demonic powers set themselves up over cities, towns, uh, states, regions, you know, and, uh, and people very often, whether wittingly, most of the time unwittingly, yield themselves to, to these things, particularly a lot of times, uh, in governmental seats, you know, like in Washington, D.C., or different, you know, the capitals of states or, 
are, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the government, uh, centers of different cities and whatnot. A lot of times they'll, you know, these demonic powers will set themselves up over these different regions and, and the, the governmental leaders and even the people certainly of the land, whether wittingly or unwittingly, knowingly or unknowingly, will yield themselves to, to these demonic powers. You see this in Ezekiel 28. In Ezekiel chapter 28, you ought to look at that sometime. You don't have to turn there now. But it mentions, uh, in Ezekiel 28, it talks about the prince of Tyre. And then it also talks about the king of Tyre. And the Bible says that the prince of Tyre was, was a man, a human being. And then the king of Tyre, if you read on down there in Ezekiel 28, it talks about the king of Tyre. And that actually uh, is Lucifer, who became Satan. And uh, it's very clear there. And it's interesting as you look at the prince of Tyre, which is a human being, and the king of Tyre, which was, which was none other than the devil himself. And you look at the characteristics of that king of Tyre or the devil, and then you look at the characteristics of how that prince of Tyre was acting, that, that human being was acting much like the, the, the devil that was set up over him. And so you need to realize that. Unfortunately, most folks don't realize that. Certainly, uh, you know, people that aren't born again don't realize it. But I'll tell you what, most Christians don't even realize that there are really demonic powers in the land and they set themselves up over certain regions and so on and so forth, as I've said. And people uh, tend to, whether wittingly or unwittingly, yield to, to these things. And so it's very scriptural, very, very right in line with scripture. So back to Ezekiel 38, we have a, an individual there that's called Gog, and that's a human being. And there then is also a principality known as Gog, which is a, a demonic, and it's uh, set it set itself up over this human being known as Gog, and is influencing that individual. And so, with that being said, let's go back to Ezekiel thirty-eight. Let's look at verse two again. Son of man. Now, Ezekiel, the Holy Spirit's talking to, to Ezekiel, and he says to him, Son of man, set your face against Gog. So that's a human being, also a demonic principality. And, and then he says of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. Now then the next question that comes up, is who is Rosh? Who is Rosh? R-O-S-H. Who is Rosh? Well, first of all, I want to tell you that, that if you look at the King James Version of the Bible, Rosh isn't even in there. But as you study a little further into it, the reason it's not in there is the translator, the translators of the King James Version uh, made a decision not to put Rosh in the King James Version. But if you look at other uh, good Bible versions, it's in there. And after my study of it, and I could... <laughs> Take, take an hour and explain it to you, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to tell you after my study of it, I'm very comfortable that Rosh should be in Ezekiel uh, 38 and 39. It should be there. And then, and then having said that, some think that this Rosh, okay, some think that it's Russia just because, well, it sounds like Russia. But a further study into that, 
which, which I did. I did quite an extensive study on it and read after several scholars on this, on this topic. And, uh, and as it pertains to linguistic issues and geographical issues, I, I've comfortably concluded that Rosh does uh, indicate Russia. So when you see Rosh in, in, in this verse here, uh, in, in uh, verse 3 here of Ezekiel 38, it, it is making reference to Russia. So he says here, thus says the Lord God, he's talking to Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, so we know who Gog is. Okay, I've told you who Rosh is, it's Russia. Okay, but now the land of Magog and Meshach and Tubal, who in the world are they? Well, uh, if you study into it, the land of Magog, you, you need to realize Magog was the name of one of Noah's grandsons. Remember Noah who came through the flood with the ark and all of that. And, and, and of course, he had uh, three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And uh, uh, if you look at Genesis, the 10th chapter, actually, Genesis 10, verses, verse 1 says, Now this is the genealogy of the sons of Noah. And then he gives Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And, the, and sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth were, in verse 2, Genesis 10, 2. And then among others, you see Magog, Meshach, and Tubal listed there. Okay, so it's very interesting. Uh, uh, Magog, Meshach, and Tubal were Noah's grandsons through uh, uh, Japheth. So that's very interesting. But as you study a little further into uh, Magog, Meshach, and Tubal, uh, let me just read from my notes. Magog, Meshach, and Tubal initially settled in Turkey and Central Asia. And uh, it's interesting. These are the republics of the former Soviet Union. So when you read uh, the words uh, Magog, Meshach, and Tubal, it's actually talking about, uh, yes, Russia, but the republics of the former Soviet Union, and, and some later migrated north of that area into uh, southern Russia. So let me just read this from my notes so I get it straight here. Magog, Meshach, and Tubal initially settled in Turkey and Central Asia, into the republics of the former Soviet Union and some later migrated north into uh, southern Russia. And I'd invite you to go get a world map. It's interesting. Look at, look at Russia, modern day Russia, and then look at the, the region of the old Soviet Union and begin to study. I'd recommend begin to study that region, uh, because it's very likely that's going to be in the news for some time. And so it would do you well to brush up on that, that area of the world and, and, uh, it, it would help you also in understanding, uh, some of the things we're talking about here today. So, um, but having said that, then let's, let me say this. The region, the region of Meshach is often identified as being, uh, north of the Black Sea. Well, that's been in the news. Go look at that and see where that is, is, uh, on, on your map there. That's been in the news almost every day recently, the Black Sea. But Meshach is often identified as being north of the Black Sea. And, and that's the area of southern Russia and Ukraine. That's, of course, been in the news every day as unfortunately that, 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 that nation's being attacked by Putin. But, uh, Meshach is, is in that, that region there, north of the Black Sea in southern Russia and Ukraine, possibly the Republic of Georgia. And there's even an argument to be made that Meshach is, is actually, uh, 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 Moscow. 
And so why did I spend all this time going through this? Because you need to realize that in Ezekiel 38, when the Holy Spirit has uh, Ezekiel uh, address Gog, you need to realize that Gog is a leader. The Bible calls him a prince, but a leader, okay, of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And I went through all of what I went through to let you know who Gog is. It's a human being and also a demonic principality, okay, who is uh, influencing and leading uh, uh, Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And these all have to do with uh, Russia and the former Soviet Union. So just no, excuse me, just knowing that I think will be very helpful to you as we look at the rest of this prophecy, as we read Ezekiel 38 and 39. Now, um, before I go any further, someone might ask me and say, is Putin Gog, G-O-G, is Putin the Gog that's being talked about here in Ezekiel 38? Well, maybe he is, and maybe he isn't. But I think it is clear that Putin, whether wittingly or unwittingly, under the influence of uh, uh, the demonic principality known as Gog, is attempting to put the former region of the Soviet Union back together. And Putin said as much in his address just a few weeks ago. And what Putin is doing is perhaps, now perhaps, the first piece in a much larger, in a much larger puzzle and uh, beginning to set things in motion for the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. So I want to say that again. It's it's very important. Is Putin Gog? Well, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I think it's clear that either wittingly or unwittingly, under the influence of a of a, a, a demonic that demonic principality known as Gog, that Putin is attempting to put the former region of the Soviet Union back together. And again, he said as much not that long ago. And what Putin is doing, I think, is perhaps the first piece in a much larger larger puzzle uh, and, uh, and, could be the, and could be beginning to set things in motion for the Ezekiel 38-39 war, which we're going to discuss here in just a moment. So... Uh, whether Putin is Gog or whether he isn't, let me just say this. At some future time, the Gog of Ezekiel 38 and 39 will arise as the leader of Russia. No doubt about it. And it will probably be just before the rapture of the church or just after the rapture of the church. And there, then, then at that time, there's going to be the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. So, you know, Christians may or may not get to see in my opinion, the, you know, the Ezekiel 38, 39 war, we, we may be here right at the beginning of it. We, we may, may, may be already caught up to heaven, the Christians now. Uh, it, no one's really for sure of the exact timing of this war. We know it lay out in front of us. And, uh, uh, I think that as we'll see, we'll see as we go, I think it's going to be, uh, this war is going to take place probably probably shortly after the rapture of the church. And I don't even think really Christians are going to, going to be here when this war takes place as, as I think it's going to probably come to fruition probably just shortly after the rapture of the church. But, 
Be that as it may, I don't know that for sure. Uh, someone might ask and say, well, is the, is the war that we're going to study about here just, I'm going to get to it, believe it or not, in just a few moments. But is the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war, is that, someone said, is that going to be World War Three? Well, my answer to that would be this. The war of Ezekiel 38 and 39 does not include the nations of the world that would constitute a World War Three, as we'll see. However, there could be, there could be a third world war or other wars before the war of Ezekiel, uh, 38 and 39 occur. Okay. So, uh, this war that's mentioned is in Ezekiel 38, 39. I don't think that would constitute a world war three, but there could be a world war three before, uh, this war of Ezekiel 38 and 39 occurs, or there could be other wars on top of that. I just don't know. But what I do know at some point, a, a, a man who the Bible refers to as Gog is going to arise, whether it's Putin or not, I don't know. But at some future time, a Gog will arise, G-O-G, a man that, that won't be his name. We won't know him, you know, like, like Vladimir Putin. We don't call him Gog, but the Bible would call uh, him or someone down the road that would come to power in Russia. There is going to be a leader, whether it's Putin or someone to come. There's going to be a man come to power that the Bible would refer to as Gog and uh, under the influence of a demonic uh, 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 principality is going to do some things that we're going to read about now and is going to cause a, 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 a going, to, going to bring about a, a war. And, but let, let's get into that now. In, in Ezekiel 38 verse 4, let's look at this. So, so we know that Ezekiel is prophesying against Gog against the land of Magog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal. And look at verse 4, Ezekiel 38, 4. I, God speaking now, he says, I will turn you around. Now, God is speaking to Gog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal. See how important it was that you know who, who God's talking to here. And he, he's talking essentially to Russia, the old Soviet Union, that area, Gog, the leader of that. He says, I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws and lead you out. So God is going to intervene at some point and put a hook. That's like a, this is making reference to an animal hook. They put a hook in an animal's jaw and, and lead the animal around. You know, when the animal was being stubborn, wouldn't, wouldn't do what the, the person, you know, the owner of the animal would want it to do. They'd put a hook in its jaw and lead the animal wherever they wanted. And that's what this is making reference to. He said, God said, I will turn, talking to Gog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, all of, all of what we just talked about, God's going to turn them around, put hooks in their jaws and lead them out with all your armies, horses, horsemen, splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers, shields, all of them handling swords. Now, of course, someone says, well, now, wait a minute. How come he's talking about, you know, horses and swords and shields? We don't use, you know, armies don't really use horses and 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 shields and these sorts of things or bucklers or whatnot. You know, you don't see him ride horses over there when, when Russia, the Putin had, you know, has his soldiers attacking Ukraine. They're not riding horses. They're in tanks and whatnot. And so somebody would say, why doesn't the Bible, uh, you know, refer to tanks and cruise missiles and these sorts of things? Well, my answer to that is, is God was giving this to Ezekiel in terms that Ezekiel could understand. Okay. And so that's my answer to that. But with that being said, Notice in verse 5, it's not just uh, the Russian army that God is addressing here. 
You've got Gog, the chief prince of Rosh, Meshach, Tubal. We've talked about that. And so at some point, God is going to put a hook in their jaw, some point in the future, and draw them. But not just them, but verse 5, there's going to be a, 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 a other uh, countries involved in this war that we're going to talk about. Look at verse 5. Persia, which is modern-day Iran, Ethiopia, which is sometimes known as Cush or modern Sudan, Libya are with them, all of them with shields and helmet. Gomer, so part of Turkey, and all its troops, the house of uh, Tagarma, which is Armenia. Now watch this. So, so it's not just going to be the land of Russia or the old Soviet Union, but that God's going to put a hook in their jaw, but there's going to be a, a coalition of other uh, armies involved. And I just read them to you. And notice it says in verse 6, where are they going to come from? From the far north. Notice far north. And when God gives directions in the Bible, he always does so with Israel as the center point or the focal point. And so what is to the far north of Israel? Well, it would be that area of Russia and uh, the area where these uh, other other uh, uh, armies are from. The, to the far north, of course, is, is Russia. And so... Uh, notice it says here in verse 6, from the far north, so Russia and these other armies are going to be, God's going to put a hook in their jaw and draw them from the far north. And actually, if you look at a map and you look at where Israel is and go directly, I think this is interesting, go directly up north, just get a map, look at look at Israel and go directly north. It's interesting, as I was looking at, at it the other day, you go straight up and you run right through Ukraine. Very interesting, isn't it? And Ukraine is in the news right now. Uh, sad to say what's happening there, but uh, interesting, uh, uh, you know, because somebody said, well, do you see Ukraine in the Bible? And well, that's one way, place I would see it here as to why, you know, perhaps Putin is going after Ukraine right now is because if you go directly north of, uh, of Israel, up, up straight up, look at it on a map, it runs right up into Ukraine. So very interesting. But from the far north, and all his troops, many people are with you. This is Ezekiel 38, verse 7. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them. After many days, now, now after many days, so this is talking about the end times, when Ezekiel is, is, is being given this. It says, after many days, so reference to the end time, this, e this evil army now will be visited in the latter years. You will come into the land, uh, you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel. So God's going to put a hook in their jaw and draw them down to Israel. And it says, into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. You understand that Israel, uh, has been dispersed actually, actually twice. Once, you know, uh, uh, when we did that study on the lessons from the kings and you saw the northern, northern Israel went into Assyrian captivity, southern Israel went into Babylonian captivity for 70 years and then they were brought back and so forth and reestablished. But then in AD 70, they were dispersed a, a second, a second time, you know, and Jesus prophesied about that actually himself when he was in his earthly ministry and they were dispersed all through the Jews, dispersed all throughout the earth. 
until uh, 1948 when they were again brought for the second time back as a nation. Uh, Isaiah, the 11th chapter, actually says that, that they'd be brought back for a second time. That's that's not happened with any other nation. So very unique. But here's the Bible's talking about it yet again, uh, that, that Israel's going to be brought back. It says they were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. Now, it's interesting because when we're trying to pinpoint when this battle is going to be, it says when all of them dwell safely. Now, Israel right now, you know this as well as I do, is not dwelling safely. They have many enemies, you know, about and they're, they're, you know, always looking to defend themselves and rightly so because they're not dwelling safely right now. But when this happens, what we're talking about in Ezekiel 38, uh, Israel's going to be dwelling safely. So that's not right now. They're not dwelling safely right now. But they will at some future time. And it's interesting, if you study end time prophecy, at some future time, the rapture of the church is going to take place. And then the Antichrist will be released. The Antichrist can't even be released until the, the church is raptured or caught up to heaven. Then the Antichrist comes on the scene. He comes on as a peacemaker. He's going to bring peace to Israel. And there's going to be a peace agreement in Israel that's going to last for a seven-year period of time. And during that seven-year seven period of time, during at least the first part of it, Israel's going to feel safe. They're going to feel secure. They're going to, they're going to feel just totally at ease and at rest. And at that time, God is going to put, put a hook in the mouth of Gog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, you know, and these other, uh, countries. And many of these other countries are, uh, Islamic, by the way. And they're going to, he's going to draw them down on Israel when Israel's dwelling safely. So that's why I position this Ezekiel 38 and 39 war shortly after the rapture, because uh, the rapture at some point in the future will take place. Church is taken out of the earth. The uh, Antichrist arises as a peacemaker. He brings, he brings great peace to Israel. They will be dwelling safely at that time. And then at that time, I believe, is when God will then uh, bring these armies down into Israel, as we'll, as we, we'll see as we read on. So it says uh, back here in uh, Ezekiel 38, verse 8, after many days, in the latter years, you will come into the land, speaking to this evil army, uh, to a people that I brought back, and so forth and so on. We just read it. And all of them will be dwelling safely in Israel. And verse 9, you, this evil army, will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, verse 10, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. He's talking to, about Gog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, and these other, these other uh, uh, countries that I mentioned that we just read about. They're going to have an evil thought and they're going to come down and they're going to have an evil thought. But on top of that, God's going to put a hook in their jaws and draw them down. Why is God going to do that? Well, because I think God at that point is, well, we're going to read why he does it. But I mean, I think my personal opinion, God's going to say, come on down here. Come on down, Gog. 
Come on down, Rosh, Meshach. Not talking about the good people of Russia, but the evil leaders, as you know, and 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 whatnot, and these armies, these evil armies that that want to destroy Israel and God's people. And God, God's going to say, "Come on down, come on down," because we're going to see what God's going to do to these people. Because Israel will be dwelling in a time of complete safety. They'll be essentially like like defenseless because they'll feel so safe because the Antichrist will make them feel so safe and secure, like maybe they've never felt safe and secure before. And at that time, these armies are going to come against them. God's going to draw those armies down, but then God is going to defend them as only God can, as we'll see. But notice here, uh, thus says the Lord God, verse 10, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind. You'll make an evil plan and you will say, I will go up against, watch this, a land of unwalled villages. Now you think about that, that's Israel. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Well, you know that Israel's not dwelling like that right now, but they will at some time in the future. And why why, why will uh, Russia and whatnot be coming down? Well, verse 12, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against a people gathered from the nations. Well, you know, Israel's come back from the nations. We just talked about that. Who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba, Dedan, now that's modern Saudi Arabia, and the merchants of Tarshish. Now notice that's Spain and Great Britain. And all their young lions, this would include the United States of America. Somebody asked me one time, where's the United States of American prophecy? Well, you really don't see it mentioned, uh, but... This is one place where I believe you do see it mentioned. It certainly is one of the, would be one of the nations, but called out by name, I don't see it. But, but here I see the United States as a young lion of, of, uh, of the merchants of Tarshish. And in that day, when, when this, this vast army is going to come down on Israel, the United States and these others that we just read about will say to Gog, will say to Gog, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take to take booty or a spoil, to carry away silver and gold and to take away livestock goods and to take great plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people dwell uh, safe, Israel dwell safely, you will know it. Uh, then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a, a mighty army. You will come up against my people, Israel, like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days, see in the days that lay out in front of us, that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hollowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus says the Lord God. Uh, are you a he of whom I have spoken in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied for years in those days that I would bring you against them? And it will come to pass at the same time when Gog comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. That, you know, you don't want to be on the receiving end of that. For in my jealousy and in my, in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. And uh, now verse 20, Ezekiel 38, 20. So that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all men that are on the face of the earth shall, uh, shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother. Well, 
It's interesting. And I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops and on the many peoples who are with him. Flood, a flooding rain, great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify, sanctify myself. I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Well, why is God doing this? Well, he's doing this to show everybody that he's God. Also, at this time, he'll just have had enough with Gog, the ruler of Russia, and the ruler of Magog, Meshach, Tubal, and these other nations that have been persecuting Israel. And at that time, this time here that we've just read about that lay out in the future, uh, God's going to have, uh, have enough. He's going to call them down, put a hook in their jaw, and they're going to come down. Israel will seemingly look defenseless, but they're not defenseless because God, who never sleeps nor slumbers, will defend them. And he's going to slaughter uh, Gog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, these, these evil people, these, these other nations that are going to come against his people to destroy them. Remember, God has a covenant with Israel. They're the apple of his eye. And you don't want to you don't want to mess with them. You want to bless them. And, and, and God is gonna, gonna, gonna destroy these evil armies in that hour and show that He is God. Now look at Ezekiel 39. Let's read on here just a little bit more. Let's read, read a few more verses here. I'm gonna actually go through, uh, chapter 39. So I trust you have time to, to read the Bible with me. Ezekiel 39 verse 1. And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And I will turn you around and lead you on, bringing you uh, up from the far north and bring you against the mountains of Israel. Well, we've already talked about that. Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and the peoples who are with you. I will get, uh, I, now watch this, I will give you to the birds of prey of every sort, to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Well, if Putin is this Gog that we're talking about, uh, that's what his, well, that's what lay in the future for him. Whether it's Putin or somebody to come after him, that's what lay in their future. Verse five, you shall fall on the open field for I have spoken, says the Lord God, and I will send fire on Magog and on those who live in security in the coastlands, then they shall know that I am the Lord. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Surely it is coming, and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and bucklers, the bows and arrows and javelins and spears, and they shall make fires with them for seven years. God is going to defeat these, these evil armies, and uh, it's going to take seven years for the weapons to be disposed of. And that's why I think, another reason why I think this war is going to, this Ezekiel 38, 39 war is going to be at the beginning of the tribulation period because the tribulation period is seven years long and it's going to take that length of time for the, uh, for the weapons of the enemy 
that, if, that, that God brought against Israel to be disposed of. Anyway, verse 10, uh, they will not take uh, wood from the field or cut down any from the forest because they will make fires with the weapons. They will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. It will come to pass in that day that I'll give Gog a burial place there in Israel, the valley of those who pass by east of the sea. It will be, uh, uh, it will obstruct travelers because there they will bury Gog and all his multitude. Therefore, they will call it the Valley of Hamangog. For seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. Think about that. Indeed, all the people of the land will be burying. They will, uh, and then they will gain renown for it on the day that I am glorified, says the Lord God. They, now watch this, verse 14. They will set apart men regularly employed with the help of a search party to pass through the land and bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make a search. The search party will pass through the land and, and anyone who sees a man's bone, he, he shall set up a marker by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Ham and Gog. My goodness gracious. 2,500 years ago, Ezekiel gave this and it's cold-blooded accurate and he's even telling us what how, how the people, the, the, the soldiers who are destroyed by God's power, uh, how they're going to be buried. I mean, that's how accurate God is. He knows the end from the beginning. Anyway, uh, the slaughter of Gog, his army, and the armies of these other nations, no doubt. And by the way, this is a good point, reading from my notes. When Gog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, and these other nations that I mentioned, as they are destroyed, it is interesting to note that the slaughter of these armies and them being taken off of the scene it is interesting that as that these armies, the Russian army and these other armies are taken off of the scene, destroyed by God, it will, uh, there'll be a, a power vacuum or a gap there left, which I believe will make it much easier for the Antichrist to come into prominence and to come into power. Just an interesting note. So let's finish up reading in Ezekiel 39 and then I'll conclude. Notice Ezekiel 39 verse 17. As for you, son of man, now he's talking to Ezekiel, God is here, and he says, thus says the Lord God, speak to every sort of bird and to every beast of the field, assembly, now he's, he tells him, he tells Ezekiel to speak to every sort of bird, to every beast of the field, assemble yourselves. Here's what he tells him to say. Assemble yourselves and come, gather together from all sides to my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you, a great sacrificial meal on the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood. You shall eat the flesh of the mighty, drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, and lambs, goats, bulls, all of them, fatlings of Bashan, you shall eat fat till you are full and drink blood till you are drunk at my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you. You shall be filled at my table with horses and riders, with mighty men and with all the men of war, says the Lord God. Now, that's interesting. Now, I want to say two things. First of all, uh, some people... Uh, mistake this war, as I've already said, but I want to reiterate, they mistake the Ezekiel 38-39 war and they think it's the Battle of Armageddon, but it isn't. But one reason they think that is because at the, at the Battle of Armageddon, the birds and the fowls of the air are going to be called, just like what we see here, to eat the flesh of the, of the, of the armies of the Antichrist and all of that, drink their blood and whatnot. And, but that's also going to happen in this Ezekiel 38-39 war. So it happens at the Battle of Armageddon, and it happens here. But because uh, uh, 
it, it says that here about the animals, the birds coming and drinking the blood and eating the flesh. People think, well, this is the Battle of Armageddon. No, it isn't. It's two separate wars. But in the Battle of Armageddon, you're going to have the birds of the air coming and drinking the blood, eating the flesh. At the Battle of Armageddon, you're also going to have it here in the Ezekiel 38-39 war. Uh, but just because it says that here, don't mistake this war with the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, the birds are going to—they're going to have a lot to eat. They're going to be eating at this war, and then they're going to be eating the flesh of the, the the evil armies at the the Battle of Armageddon. Also, now having said that, I just want to say this: I, I, I don't know if Putin is the Gog mentioned here or not, but I want to say it again: if he is, uh, at, if, if he is, but whoever the Gog is, at some point, uh, the birds of the, the, the fowl of the air, the birds of the air are going to going to going to drink. Uh, his blood and eat his flesh. I assure you that. So that being said, you don't want to get on the wrong side of God. I'll tell you that. But that, that being said, notice here, if you would now, verse 21, I will set my glory among the nations. All the nations shall, shall see my judgment. See, not many want to talk about the judgment of God anymore, but there's the goodness of God, and I preach that most of the time, but there is also the severity and the judgment side to God, and we need to balance those two out. And much I could say about that, but he said, I will set my glory among the nations. All the nations shall, shall see my judgment, judgment, which I have executed, and my, my hand which I have laid on them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. Verse 23, the Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me. Therefore, I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemies and uh, they all fell by the sword. According, well, you don't want to be unfaithful to the Lord. You just don't. According to their un uncleanness and according to, to their transgressions, I have dealt with them and hid my face from them. Therefore, says the Lord God, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel and I will be jealous for my holy name after they have borne their shame and and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me when they have dwelt safely in their own land and no one made them afraid when I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies hands their lands lands and I am hollowed in them in the sight of many nations then they shall know that I am the Lord their God who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back into their land and left none of them captive any longer. And I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. I think it's good to read the Bible, don't you? I think it, I, I think it's good. I think it's good, and I'm glad I took the time uh, to read the Bible. Uh, do you know there's an anointing on the entirety of the word of God. Do you know if you're out there listening to me teach on Ezekiel 38, 39, that the healing power of God can flow right off of this, right into your body and heal you of cancer, any terminal disease, anything that's, that's, that's afflicting you. Absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. And I'm glad we read this because you see that uh, there, is a, there, is a, there is an Ezekiel 38, 39 war coming. There is. And, uh, and, and, and God is, uh, is, is going to uh, he, he's going to bring some judgment on to Russia and, uh, and to Gog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, and just the things we've read about. Uh, hey, let, let me close this up. Go to Revelation, the 20th chapter. I think this is worth noting as I close here. This, uh, what we're going to read now is about, is about a thousand years after the Ezekiel 38, 39 war. 
And notice what's going to happen. Revelation 20, verse 7. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan, who was locked in the bottomless pit, uh, will be released from his prison. Now, I don't have time to go through all that right now, but I do want to say this to you. Not long ago, I taught, uh, well, I say not long ago, somewhere in the spring of uh, 2020, I spent several weeks teaching on the book of Revelation. I'd like to invite you to go back to that and brush up on that. Uh, I think it'd be helpful to you, especially as we move out on out here in time. But notice what it says here. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be re released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations who are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. Well, now there it is again. Gog and Magog mentioned some 1,000 years after Ezekiel 38-39. So you see, that would prove to me that not only is Gog a human being, but Gog is a, is a demonic principality and uh, still, still lurking, still lurking some 1,000 years after Ezekiel 38-39. And uh, notice, uh, Satan will go out and deceive the nations. He'll, he'll go to Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle, whose number is as, as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints, the beloved city. They're going to come against, <laughs> they're going to do the same thing. You know, the devil, he's going to do, you know, the devil's stupid. He just is. He's he crazy. He's, I mean, he came, he did this some thousand years before and was defeated. Now he's going to do it again. I mean, it's just, you know, they say you can't fix stupid. It, you know, I, and the devil is stupid. How do you, how stupid do you have to be to think that you could overthrow God? I mean, he, he, well, he tried to do it back. He's been trying to do it. I mean, he, he, before Genesis 1, 1, he tried to overthrow God, was unsuccessful and has tried many times over the years and he just never has been able to do it and he never will. Anyway, you can't fix stupid and the devil is stupid. So with that being said, let me finish this in Revelation 20 verse 9. Uh, speaking of, of the land of Gog and Magog and, and a demonic principality that, that is influencing the, the, the people of that time. It says in Revelation 20 verse 9, they went up on the breath, of, uh, the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints of Love City and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And so that's what's going to happen to Gog and Magog in the future. So not only, uh, uh, are they going to suffer a, a tremendous defeat, at the Ezekiel 38-39 war, but some thousand years later, again a defeat here uh, at the end of the millennial reign of Christ. So it's not a good thing to be, to be Gog or Magog, I'll tell you that, uh, uh, and cooperating with uh, with the devil. It's just not, not a bad, it's not a good thing, it's a bad thing. But again, as I finish this, uh, uh, the question is, I guess, is Putin the Gog that's mentioned in Ezekiel 38, 39? Again, I want to say, I, I don't know. But here's what I, what I do think. I do think Putin is operating, whether knowingly or unknowingly, under the influence of the principality known as Gog and could well be setting in motion the first piece of a much larger puzzle, which will eventually lead to war, to the war of Ezekiel 38 and 39. I want to say that again. I don't know if Putin is the Gog or the Magog of uh, Ezekiel 38 or 39, but what I do think is that Putin is, whether knowingly or unknowingly, operating under the influence of that principality, that evil principality known as Gog, and Putin could well be setting in motion the first piece of a much larger puzzle, which will eventually lead to the war of Ezekiel 38 and 39. So I hope this was helpful to you today. I hope you learned some things. And I hope hope that you better understand 
uh, you know, what's going on in, in, in Russia and Ukraine. And, 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 and I think this would be beneficial to you. But I tell you what, it's a good time to know Jesus as your Savior. And if you don't know him, I want to invite you to receive him right now. The Bible says as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. There is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. The only way to miss hell and make heaven is to repent of your sins and receive Jesus Christ. Call on his name and uh, receive him as your savior. And I tell you what, you'll get saved. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. He'll make your life worth living in the meantime. And he can bring a peace and a safety and, and an assurance into your heart during these turbulent times in which we now live. So really, I want to invite you, please receive Jesus as your Savior and do it now. Well, God bless you. And uh, I'll be back next week with, I believe, another uh, relevant message uh, as it pertains to the times in which we now live. So until then, may God bless you. And I'll see you then. Bye-bye.